watch New Survivor, we're stuck in a bad dream. So we're watching an old season with a silly pirate theme. Of course there's a new theme song, but it's as half-assed as our plans. Something, mumbo, something, a word that rhymes with plans. John will make some dumb jokes. Andy likes to yell and curse. Something about some backup host. How could hell be any worse? We'll spend the whole time wishing that our lives were back on track. But until then, it's Pirate Survivor. We can all be glad for that. It's the Purple Rock Whatever. Hello and welcome to the Purple Rock Survivor Podcast. We are here to talk about the uh, next to last episode of the Pearl Islands. I think there's a fancy word for that, but right and now it's ultimate. not my head. Penultimate. That's the one. And with me, uh, I'm your host, Andy. With me is Matt and Emma. And I think we're a lot more excited to talk about this week's episode than we were last week because it, it was it was fun, right? That was fun. This yeah. is one I have been waiting for. This is, yeah, when early on when I was sort of like, when do we get to the fireworks factory? Obviously, Outcast, obviously, Dead Grandma, but this is one I was like, <laughs> Yeah, this is one of those that helps build in uh, our high opinion of Pearl Islands as a, as a season. Probably one of the reasons why we chose it as an option to watch uh, in the first place. And yeah, I think it really paid off. Um Again, this is not the first time for any of us. First time as an adult for one of us. But um, how did it, how did you feel watching it now? And how does that compare to what you remember, if anything, then? Because for me, um, yeah, it was huge. I loved it. It was great uh, for a couple of reasons. One, it's just great. That two, you know, dude bros are just living it up, talking about how the girls, always girls, great luck. Always girls. Um, couldn't do anything. Meanwhile, uh, the women are you know, totally flipping the game on them. Perfectly amazing, satisfying. But it was also a huge thing back then because Survivor did not change very much back then. You know, So just the very fact that the path that se- things seemed to be going along did not go that way was still very thrilling. Like, yes, it happened in Marquesa. It had happened a bunch in the season right before this, but this still was fresh enough that like a moment like this really stood out as like survivor could be something different. Um, what was your experience? Uh, the first time you saw this, Matt? Well, it wasn't that long ago for me, honestly, because first time I saw this was only a couple of years. So yeah, I understood that Emma. Yeah. Much better. <laughs> I mean, again, I just don't have like the strongest memories of that. Yeah, but... We were looking forward to this one. You had a memory. I, well, again, it's not the first time I've watched this as an adult, so you made that up. <laughs> so I, I remember it from watching it as an adult. But, um, yeah, I mean, I can imagine I had a great time. You know, you've got a lot of girls rule, boys drool going on, and that's always fun. And, yeah, I mean, like you were saying, the sort of always calling them girls, that's something that doesn't normally bother me. Like, I'm a little guilty of that myself even like I just find the word woman so like stilted and I always say guys so it's like easy you know thing but the way like it's just one of those things where you can like there's that twitter meme you know that was going around of like what it, this would be the like what's something that's not sexist but feels sexist and I was like this probably is <laughs> like, well, this is just plain is like this is exactly a- like there was in a way where like you know 
Lil, I think, referred to them as the girls. And I'm like, that's fine. <laughs> but there is a, and there were ways men could do that in like a different context. And, you know, like, uh, oh, you know, the, the girls might vote together. Like, that's not a big deal. But you could just, it oozed from their pores. Yeah, it's only a slight step up from females, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, now I will let you uh, kind of share what what it was like. Let's get into what it was like now. We know what's going to happen. Uh, turnabout is a common thing now in Survivor. Uh, Matt, well, how did you like watching it this time versus whenever the last time you saw it? I mean, it's still really satisfying and thrilling because you just want to see these two get their comeuppance. You know, it, it, it's not it's not about the fact that there's a turnabout or that, you know, the the people on the bottom get together and flip the game. It's about the fact that we don't like these two. You know, they've been acting like a-holes for a while here and uh, and, and they've been acting superior and thinking they're better than everyone. And they're just they're just dumb in this episode and the show highlights it repeatedly and it flips the game on them so it's really satisfying to see them get their comeuppance for being really bad at the game in this moment yeah and i should clarify like back then um flipping the game usually for me was the people i don't like get comeuppance like i was still very much like uh rooting for you know certain people that were more likable you know it was starting to turn because yeah i found like rob Cesarino's play very thrilling but like what i liked about marquesa is the people that seemed like they acted like they couldn't lose lost that was what right. was fun uh so this had that double thing that the like frankly it seemed like these jerks were going to win you know or succeed based on the game four. I'm still mad at them for what they did to Rupert back then. So you're getting all of that. They're acting like jerks. They finally you know, get their you know their comeuppance for that. They get their comeuppance for portraying the sanctity of you know an alliance, and more importantly, you know of Rupert. Um, and then yeah, the act- act- added level of you know their sexist arrogance, and the show as we've already started talking does not hide it at all. They play this completely straight up. And we saw like a few times this season that, you know, I think with Burton's first uh, vote out, they did obscure it. They don't give us, you know, it seemed like, frankly, if if Johnny's going to fair play is going to go one way or the other, it's probably on Burton's side. They'd never clue us in that Sean knew anything about it. Turns out he didn't. So that, you know, uh, until the last minute, uh, which we found out the next episode, but like that was, uh, a surprise for the audience. They they held withheld key information. Uh, the Rupert vote they didn't withhold any information and you know, ended up being less thrilling as a result. What did you think here? That yeah, they uh, pretty much they show us like, hey, do you think the girls are going to do anything? Nah. Cut to hey, we should vote those guys out, right? Uh, how did that play for you, Emma? I mean, I think it's great. I think these kind of come up in episodes are so fun. Like you can't do it all the time, but a really well deployed one is so good. Like, I mean, you know, spoilers for, for a later season, but like the best episode of San Juan del Sur, no offense to the great Natalie Anderson is the douchebag episode. It's so fucking good. And I mean, he just handed them everything on a silver platter, but this these guys are not that much better, you know, with with their behavior. Um, at one point, you know, in pretty early on in the episode, you know, my husband was just like, just cut to the end and vote Burton out. Like, and, and not in a like, it's so obvious that's what's going to happen, but in a like, I need to see that happen. Yeah, right. 
And he was not like, except for, you know, the first time when Burton is similarly, you know, hoisted by his own petard. Like most of them, he hasn't really had that much to say about Burton. It's been very much like, you know, Johnny Fairplay. So um, they're, they're good at, you know, getting that, that hate in on people you may not have that strong of opinions about, but it certainly helps when those guys are making decisions and giving confessionals like that. Matt? Yeah, no, I mean, that just echoes exactly what I, what I feel like it's, you know, it's so much more satisfying because of the way they've been acting this entire time. The episode plays it straight because it doesn't need to hide it. They know this is going to be entertaining, you know, even if they tell us what's going to happen because the entertainment isn't in the surprise of what happens. The entertainment is in the way it happens. Yeah. And I think it also, just shows. Sorry, if I can just say one other thing is um, also I think part of it is, you know, the surprise, like that suspense is usually when it's like, okay, someone, you know, I want one alliance to succeed or another, like here's, you know, the person I want to go home versus the person, I, you know, a fan favorite or something like that. But in this, the alternate option was Lil. Which, so it's just like, it's not like we're like stressing out like, oh, I, like worst case scenario, Lil went home. So it's just, <laughs> you might as well just really lay it on thick about Bert. I suppose they could have built it if the material was there that um, will Lil do the thing that she needs to do to save herself or will she end right. up being a victim of her own indecision? But yeah, no, and I think the lesson here is survivors just got to mix it up. Like, you know, too often people leap to the complaint that, you know, they just did this to blindside the audience. Why didn't they do that? Instead of being like, yeah, but wasn't it fun? Like it was thrilling. Um, I think it, people are right. Um, if they say that, like, you, you shouldn't always do it, right? And maybe Survivor is a little addicted to the blind side. They are certainly addicted to calling things blind sides that are not <laughs> blind sides. Um, but I think it's just like, no, sometimes they should do it, but sometimes it is absolutely the right decision to give us everything and just let us have some fun because, yeah, it's just, it's great times. Like, there are, honestly, like, I don't know how many, like, times in the history of this show is there, like, a setup just as this you know, satisfying that the whole way through, we know that these people are not, are going to fail and we would get to see it happen. You know, Emma points out one, there's, there's a few more, but not usually this is not a show in which bad behavior is punished. Right. And no. frankly, that's not really what's happening here. Um, you know, it's three people made a decision versus two, but the way they edit and the way they're able to talk about it and the decision that Burton and John make in order to lead this happen, it feels that way. And that's great. You know, like sometimes uh, a reason for liking an event in survivor or a season doesn't have to be more complicated than man. It sure was fun seeing those assholes eat it. Yep. Um, so yeah, I, I, I approve that they uh, did not really hide it. Like they didn't even really like they show a bit of Lil being like, ah, should I, shouldn't I? But not really, you know. It, it there wasn't any doubt which way she was going. Well, the time I went there. Um, so the show also, I think, took a great pleasure in you know not only like telling us what was like going to happen, but why it was going to happen, and that was the decision uh, for Burton to choose John on the reward. And you know, instantly they point to why this is a problem, that why this is going to do. Um, did you? Th it's you know, let's just have first off. Let's just talk about what a dumbass decision that was. I mean, very bad. Yeah, like if they if Burton had taken Lil, 
Uh, does that just avert the entire thing there? 100%. I have no doubt in my yeah. mind. Yeah. If Lil is not there with those two women at that time, and frankly, playing right into her victim complex, mm-hmm. uh, that's just driving probably her entire life, let's be real. But it's certainly her survivor time <laughs> since like the first three days. Then no, it doesn't happen. Like she, and we'll get into this too, but she's heartbroken over the very idea that Dara would go fourth in, or fifth instead of fourth. Like, yeah. you know, this is like, so the like that she would turn on Burton after she he takes her on a reward? No, it would not happen. So 100%. Especially I, if Burton managed to actually give her like a final two deal or at least indications of it. Right. But like, well, I took you on this reward, didn't I? You know, that and then that's good enough. Yeah, and she would have her time to whine about the dare decision. And I think Burton would have the time to make her feel better about it. Yeah, I think 100% this does not happen if Lil goes. Um, so yeah, it's it's all about that decision. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll say this, and I believe Emma is going to back me up on this. Um, as soon as he picks John, my 11-year-old watching this for the first time ever, although his third season, so a little different, was like, that's dumb. How was it in your <laughs> living room, Emma? Yep, exact same thing. Husband's like, well, that was a mistake. <laughs> Instantly. Yep. <laughs> like the, with, before the show even starts to tell us that it's done before they you know show obviously Lil uh, and the women start to make this plan before they even show like Burton and John like preemptively like talking about well it's like yeah maybe it wouldn't be so bad but eh, we're not worried instantly it's like what are you doing man everybody knows it and deep down Burton and John know it too they just oh, yeah. don't they just don't think anything could happen to them and the question I had watching this is like I mean, obviously, obviously, it's a stupid ass decision. We have the scoreboard, but you kind of get at least why uh, what fed into their arrogance. Of course, besides you know misogyny. I mean, Dara, from what we saw, had not done anything all game. Yeah. So there's no reason to think that she was going to do anything. Lil had uh, all she had done uh, from their perspective was whine about her place in the game. And to their perspective, they had also done a lot for her. Yeah, and gone along with everything they've suggested. So the only person they could think that could possibly do something is Sandra, who had been acting all day like she was already beaten. Yeah. And moreover, it doesn't matter. If Sandra is the only one that's going to do something, then there's nothing to be done. Right. Um, So, like, like, it it is, you know, it's very sexist it's demeaning this their attitude it's just a good lesson in survivor that you should uh behave and act as though everybody can do something even if you feel like you're playing with morons who never will because it doesn't take much right right and you know a million dollars is a, a strong motivator to do things but yeah like two of the more in, in effectual players in the season and i mean burton has been available to be voted out two straight times here he has not had yep. immunity and they haven't you know like you know, they were able to save him um you know and when Tawana went home and then they were able to just flip it around on Krista it's like it seems like they don't want to vote me out it seems like the the, the bond that we have from Lil is unshakable terrible read obviously and I think <laughs> they didn't realize that um the bond you have with Lil is something that needs to be refreshed constantly uh but i like constantly. I say, and again it's great that the arrogance didn't pay off is like I, I i almost get it a bit you don't do it you don't it's too risky it's not worth it you're like four days away but in some ways it's like i can understand beyond being women 
um, which I'm not going to, um, you know, discount being the primary motivator for those two. But it's like that these specific people is like, what are they going to do? No, so th- I think the real motivator, more than just what are they going to do, was I think Burton's just tired of managing Lil. And because if Burton on takes one more trip right. with Lil. Yeah, right. I mean, that's the thing. He's like, I just want a break from Lil. <laughs> so, you know, and they're not thinking of taking Dara, you know, yeah. because they want to get rid of Dara. So, uh, so it's like, it's either Lil or John, which, you know, Lil's the strategic decision, but I just think he was tired of dealing with her. And you could tell that from like that conversation in the last episode where we're like, why are you doing this, Burton? And I think it's because he's just exhausted by her because she has to reassure her all the time. But that's the thing. If you want to win the game, that's what you got to do, bud. You know, yeah. I don't care if you're exhausted. It turns out that, she, you know, goat herding isn't as easy as some people like to think it is. Like, it can just be really psychically draining, especially yes. with somebody like Lil, who just needs constant reassurance. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah. I, 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 yeah, I mean, he says it as much, and I think it's true. He just wasn't up for it that day, and he hasn't been. Um, which, you know, is why he does not win this season of Survivor. Like, I, <laughs> no, frankly, I think he might have, if he could have just managed Lil a bit. I mean, we don't know how a jury would have treated him being voted out or whatever, but, um, you know. I think, compa- I think, uh, like up against Lil or John, I think he would have won, honestly. But interestingly enough, as he's voting for Lil, he still thinks that he couldn't beat her in a final two. We're still in that stage. That is true. You know, we won't dance around, we we'll, won't get too much into that. Um, until spoilers, but yeah. What what do you think, uh, Emma? Yeah, I mean, and I think also they were voted out back to back, correct? So he probably also spent like, Ryan, you know, Skinny Ryan was around, but he probably also spent a decent amount of time with her in Ponderosa. So he has spent a lot of time with Lil and has kind of been primarily the person who's like really hung out with her. So yeah, I mean, I think I think that was it. You know, we've seen people make these mistakes for friendship before and we'll continue to see them because people like to hang out with people they like to hang out with. Yeah. And I think it's just a lesson on like what survivor really is. It's easy to criticize. And again, I want to, they were fucking chauvinist pigs and it was great to see them get eat, you know, to lose and eat it. But it's just like it's a 24 hour a day, you know, thing. And it's just this is the mistakes people make on, you know, yeah. low sleep, low food, and being like being around people that they can't stand, even if people they would normally like, but those people are at their worst too. And some of them are people they would like at all. You know, like frankly, I only want to ever be around like you know, three people, and like two of them I helped create. So I totally get why, you know, <laughs> just like I, you know. Uh, maybe not Lil. Uh, I actually have more to say about this, but I have to save it for spoilers. Um, so yeah, they leave her there, and this part I didn't quite remember. Obviously, I, no, I didn't either. That it turns around, turns around. This is Burton. This is what we've been looking forward to. But were you surprised that Lil was the one that suggested it? Like, it, my head had always been like Sandra initiated Same. this. No, no, that was my headcanon too. My headcanon, my headcanon was was they're sitting around, and Sandra goes, "Why don't the three of us vote them out?" Yeah, yes, I, I remembered that. That was that was very surprising to me as well. 
it's yeah this is like that's um, this is i guess the value of rewatching and you know and <laughs> just know. being sander being like okay <laughs> Yeah. yeah, sounds good. Like, well, the way Sandra perked up, Sandra, like, Sandra, Sandra like, like sh- her head like shot up. She's like, "Whoa, are you saying this, Lil? Absolutely." Yeah, I mean, maybe she was like planning on it and working right. on it. Like, oh, I'm sure. Like, I'm I sure worked on this plan for hours, and she just tweeted it out. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, like, I'm sure she was going to try something. You know, I mean, John and Burton are sure that she's going to try something. Yeah. You know. Uh, I, I know that at this point in the season, Sandra is the one down number. So it's what I was expecting to happen. But no, and I, I frankly, in my, my memory of it, it little took a little bit of convincing. No, not really. Like, obviously, it takes time for reassurance for Lil to do this thing that she brings up. And as she's having second thoughts and concerns about what the potential blowback for her um, would, you know, could be. But yeah. Yeah, I think it's like she's fired up because they didn't take her and they have the audacity to consider voting Dara their tightest alliance member. And and she leads off with that. She leads off with that. She's like, Dara, they're getting rid of you next. Which is honestly a great thing to jump off with. Absolutely. But I feel like the reason is like, this is my motive, not this should be your motive. Yeah, yeah. I don't feel like it was. This is this is the strategic play in order for me to make the move I want to move. This is me being able to take an opportunity um, to strike back against what I feel is a grave injustice, robbing Dara, my dear friend, who I don't know if Lil's ever talked to, of three extra days. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure anyone's talked to Dara, but you know, challenge yet. Uh, so yeah, she, she it was her. She makes this move. She has that, which I think leads into an early uh, segment. Uh, a discussion of our weekly segment because I think you know we have to you know, put it in here before we sure. go any further. And I think there's some question here. Did Lil suck this week? Can I go first? Yes. No. No. Didn't. This is Lil's move, man. <laughs> this is her move. I mean, I she like kind of sucked a bit on the Dara thing. <laughs> there we go. Okay. <laughs> Yes, she does make that that suggestion. That's great. Good job, Lil. However, she also, before all that even happens, so offended that they want to vote Dara out. That sucks. That's stupid. Then also, she really waffles on her own idea. So I want to address betraying. that point. I yes, am Kalsker, not you're done talking. I'm not, I'm not saying you are. I'm just saying Hold. when you are done, I want to address that. <laughs> But yeah, like really waffles back and forth and then and just still is very like lil in her like (laughs) and that will always suck counselor okay so i agree she does waffle back and forth but she doesn't suck in that moment she's pitiable in that moment because there you see the lil that has been bullied and beaten down by John and Burton this entire time. She's not, she's not, she's not worried about, you know, uh, it's like, Oh, I don't know if this is good for my game. She's worried about the fact that they're going to yell at her, which shows how they've been keeping her in line by berating her and like making her feel like a terrible person, which is why she's been saying all these awful, like weird throwaway comments like, oh, are they going to think, you know, because like they've been undermining her entire self-confidence, which to be fair, I don't think Lil had a lot to begin with. 
But these guys, you know, you get a peek into something that's kind of dark in my, in, in like my opinion there. And I think she's not, and I think she, she sucks there. She's very pitiable. The first instance, 100%, she did suck. But yes. All right. Sustained. She, she also, at this point now, can just stick Sandra on John. We've seen Sandra yell at John. You think Sandra's going to just let, like, I don't think Sandra cares that much about Will, but you think Sandra's going to, like, miss out on an opportunity if Johnny Fairplay starts yelling at Sandra for voting out Burton? You think that he's not going to end that argument running away? Like, Which I think yeah, is what getting, Sandra getting basically yelled at says. In, like, your real life, you know, is terrible. But, like, in something like this, where you know, you've got three days left in the game, um, and it's, Johnny Fairplay, because that's you know the play yeah, like like just be like Alright man, like you're not even you know, you're not important because he's not. And also, but I will say, I will concede that it seems like she was, you know, she was really struggling physically at this time with sleep and pain, and I'm sure that affected her psyche. And that is something that, you know, is pitiable, but that doesn't mean that other aspects of her do not suck. All right, so a point of order. I believe what Lil uh, specifically uh, described as her worry is if Burton wins immunity, then they can't vote for him. Thus, they would vote for John. And that was the person she was worried about. I think she was specifically worried about uh, having to face Burton after a betrayal because of, you know, the packs they've made and all that. So I think it's more than just being worried about getting yelled at by John, which, you know, Emma's point would, you know, be like, why do you care? Um my ruling is that Lil herself sucks. And thus, you know, this is a continuation this week and the things, you know, are like the Dara thing was just, just ridiculous. For one, they're not, they're asking you and they're not necessarily telling you. I mean, it is a bit of a tell ask, but that's when you can you know raise your objections if you're truly a part of this. But moreover, what they are saying makes complete sense. And we're not talking about a lot of difference here. It's three days. It's you know fifth instead of fourth. I don't think this is a deep promise that they've had to Dara. However, this amazing episode in the annals of Survivor history. Does not happen unless Lil does what she does. So in the question of did she suck this week versus the question of does Lil suck, I will have to rule with Matt that she did not suck this week. But it is a fine line because, of course, she continues to suck. And I, I have that. never argued to the contrary. <laughs> All right. Um, so um, as part of this... Um, yeah, and, and I think part of uh, John and Burton's thinking is, yeah, okay, on the off chance that Lil flips, on the off chance that Dara, you know, shows some motivation to do anything. The thing we have is that Sandra will do whatever she needs to do to save herself. So all we need to do is offer her, uh, we'll save you, we'll give you a final three. All you got to do with it is vote with us to take out at that point, they are assuming it would be uh, Dara. Um, should Sandra have taken that deal? <laughs> it's a question we wrote down, but uh, <laughs> no, no. Okay, so that obviously <laughs> no, because for one, we know the result. For two, fuck you, John, your fucking deals. Um, you know she's here to screw you and Burton. Um, and also, why would you trust them? Why? Why right. have they ever given you a reason to trust you them? 
more interestingly, though, is like it, what I liked about the sequence is before it happens, Sandra calls this shot. Yeah. She says that this is going to be what happened. Now, caveat, maybe her saying that was you know, a conversation she had after it already happened. It's possible. I choose not to believe that because I think it just shows that like, you know, while Sandra did not you know initiate the move here, um, I think a strength is that she is seeing everything. She is anticipating what people's behaviors are going to be. She knows that they're going to come to her and expect her to be someone easy to play with. And I think, you know, that spoke well of her, even if, you know, again, she was not the initiator of these moves. Any thoughts on that? I mean, I agree. You know, I'm not really sure what else. I'm happy to just people to say, yes, Andy, that was an amazing point. And then we can move on. Yes, Andy, that was an amazing point. Um, You're going to make me come up with something just to add to it so I don't have to say that. (laughs) (laughs) So then they come up with this fantastic ruse that, uh, you know, to hold Burton and John off. Um, Was that, like, well acted by them? Or did it just not matter? It just didn't matter because, you know, there's no idols and Burton doesn't win. The only purpose there was to take the heat off Lil. Yeah. The only purpose there was to try to just like buy Lil some breathing room so she doesn't have to stand up to their scrutiny and uh you know uh persuasion for however long it is before tribal council. Th- that's the only reason they did that. Yeah. That's not nothing. Yeah. I, I don't think that actually is something. I think you know they maybe could have come up with something better but uh, like you said I think in this pre-idol era it's just not that big of a deal. Like they cuz They'd probably try, you know, Burton and John would probably try something anyway. So, but I do think that just like, she just didn't speak to us. It's like not the best live I've heard. Yeah. Like, again, like, you know, as bad as things go for Burton and John and, you know, the just a horrible decision, at least they seem to be like, this is kind of fishy. Like, so look yeah. at, like, it's a, I, I, a dumb I think play they by them. Great to see them lose. Um, but they, they weren't, again, they weren't that far off from what was going on. And ultimately there isn't much you could do other than, and I, but, but to get what you're saying, Matt, I actually think that, you know, giving Lil some level of cover is actually kind of important that if they yes. on know that she's flipped, uh, I don't know if she withstands a lot of the, the guilt and pressure that they for sure would lay on her. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the other thing about it is that to give John and Burton some credit, which not much, but about like halfway through that reward, they're like, so do you think they're playing against this? And they keep raising it. They raise it a couple times because they know that, okay, they probably talked about this. They had to have talked about this. And so when they get back to the beach and they say, no, it didn't come up. They're like, okay, that's bullshit. And their plan was, well, all we have to do is peel one of the three off, which they make sound easy, but is actually really difficult when there's only five people left. Uh, peeling one person away is really difficult at that point. And I think that was their like big mistake in terms of like being really confident. They're like, all we have to do is peel one off, which again is really hard when there's only five people left. But, um, but no, I think they did know that something was up. Yeah. Just there's no idols. What can you do now? I should say, it's not like you can do nothing. Just two weeks ago, it seemed like Burton was doomed because Tawana had decreed it. So, and they did try, you know, it didn't work, but they did make an attempt. That's true. 
Uh, well, I mean, that time it did work. They did not end up voting out uh, either, you know, Krista or Burton, right? Uh, no, I because... mean, but I mean this time. Oh, this time. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they tried. And, yeah, luckily the women decided, no, no, it would be really good to get rid of Burton, which, again, uh, circles back to the original experience. Like, yes, finally. Like, it should be, you know, it shouldn't have been this hard to get rid of a dominant, uh, you know, challenge male. Like, this is just from the, uh, the very beginning of Survivor, this is the time to get go after them. And it's not like he was playing so well that there's nothing that they could have done. He wasn't even winning challenges. Instead, it was Dara, unexpected challenge piece with her <laughs> win in a row. Um, you know, in a, at a time in Survivor, which challenges are far more important to the viewership. And thus... Uh, clearly it led to us getting to know Dara a lot more and an increased screen presence, right? <laughs> nope. Well, we know that she lost a lot of weight and she's got tiny little wrists. <laughs> yeah, that's, that was the key to her victory there. Yeah, yeah I thought it was like a little fun. weird that probes kept saying. I was like, she's also small anyway. <laughs> like, I don't think it was like she lost I think it's because like she pounds. was reaching a lot farther down in the tubes. Than no, she absolutely was. Possible. But I think, I think, yeah, like, I mean, I'm sure, you know, she almost certainly lost weight. She was on more again. But, you know, at a certain point, it's just like your hand width, yeah. you know, I, I have, I have it a probably friend, wasn't a very meaty part of her to begin with. It's right. Probably, yeah. yeah, she is. She is a slender young woman. Um, I have a friend who, despite being five, eight, is like a size five shoe <laughs> women's. Um, on the other hand, I'm five five and an eight, and she's got the tiniest hands. And when she makes a fist, it's like the same width as her wrist. So she would have done great at this challenge. It's uh, so weird. Yeah, so we are in the penultimate. I can remember that from the beginning. Now, episode of this season, Dara is going to be in the finals. She's won three challenges, um, and. She's barely in the season. I have very little thoughts of her other than when she showers, the camera sure does like it. Uh, I've been led to believe that the purple edit did not come into existence until the highly influential appearance of a Kelly in season 21. Yet here we are classic survivor season seven, 16 person cast a finalist who does things is invisible and you know someone's going to come at you with math yeah i know they're asking for people to come up with you with an actual confessional account that's going to show the difference you are playing a fool's game come at me bro because fuck (laughs) you and your confessional counts there is more things to a season of survivor than having somebody look into the camera and say something obvious and it's yeah incredibly frustrating last but he tells the truth too uh, and if her numbers are that, I want you to do a little fancier math and figure out the proportion of her confessionals versus the number of people she is competing with as compared to people who are in 18 to 20 people seasons. Um, because yeah, And it, that is absolutely math I would never be willing to do. <laughs> and also, for it. fuck your confessional counts. That's the, not the only uh, piece of visual evidence in the television show. It, it reminds me of when people were standing for whoever the robbed goddess of uh, Island of the Islands, Julia. And they're oh. all like, early on, she doesn't have any, you know, she's, uh, they're like talking about how low her confessional counts are. Meanwhile, if you looked at like everybody else in her tribe besides Aubrey, 
They barely had any either, including, you know, Joe QAnon fucking Anglum. Like, I think he had three, (laughs) zero. And they're all like, this is the show burying her. It's like, no, this is the show um, realizing that all the stories with the tribe that's losing all the time. You know, there's more than just confessional counts. Dara was on the tribe that was losing all the time. Yeah. And she's invisible. So what I'm saying is it's always been a thing in Survivor that if you are boring, you do not deserve television time. It's not something that they finally like suddenly decided, uh, oh, we can do this with somebody who quit season 21. Frankly, that even if you don't need to go back as far as Dara, I'm bringing up now because obviously, you know, this is the season. But like Invisibret was only like two seasons before that. Oh, Invisibret. So cute. Um, yeah, but I mean, Purple Kelly did have like a, an extreme amount of invisibility that differed from the lot. Like, you know, she's, you're, you're talking about confessionals, you know, not being everything. Like, she is very much like cropped out of other like shots. You know, there, it's definitely a thing. There definitely have always been invisible players. It's just that gave us a name for it. Yeah, that's all it was because, you know, somebody threw that edit and, you know, so it's like the nickname is something that the fandom talk about. It is not an influential moment to, you know, really go after a minor, minor note, but who cares? Like, you know, who's listening to us at this point? But moreover, it's just um, like Purple Kelly also did less than Dara. Dara has won three challenges she has you know been one of 16 she was on a losing tribe like you know there's every reason why she should have more time as opposed to just being a sidekick and one of two people who quit in an episode um and i'd say that dara is still incredibly invisible um in a way that frankly i thought there was more to her like i remember probably just because it's like cute mortician girl with an accent but no uh she's laughably uninvolved in the narrative of the season. And I mean, quite possibly the ongoings on the Island as well. Um, any other non-spoilery thoughts of this episode? No, um, I don't think so. I think the no. rest is uh, saved for the spoiler section. So. All right. So now we're going to move on to the updog. I know, I mean, Emma, for those of you who are watching, was doing a bit where she was bored that I was talking. I'm sorry, Emma, that I tried to fill our you know, talking uh, show with talking. Um, I'll try to cut it back and be more like last week about. when nobody wanted to talk at all. Yeah, I just think it'd be nice if it was something people gave a shit about. That's all. <laughs> I, uh, the whole point is there's always characters like Dara who don't give a shit. And everybody should be grateful. We talked about her. It's, isn't that what people love? Is if everybody that's on the show gets uh, equal or near equal importance because they're all deserving of being talked to, talked about. Um, all right, this week's uh, update. I mean, it might. Well, there's stuff about that, but that is more spoiler discussion friendly. So I can save that for that. All right. What's the most mediocre show you love? That's the updog question this week. So um, a show that you know is not good, but it's not bad. This isn't a guilty pleasure. That's a different discussion. A show that just does not have very uh, ambitious. Um, it's not prestige goals. television. Not even not prestige. Oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's just, yeah. it's okay. It's a show that's okay. Modest ambitions and you know, maybe meets them, but it doesn't matter. You love it anyway. Um, Matt. You uh, didn't quite know what I was going for, but then you figured it out. How about you go first? 
Yeah. So we talked we talked this through a bit before we began. I ran some ideas like, is this mediocre? Andy blasphemously suggested Cobra Kai, which is actually good. And don't even like, I mean, it, it's absurd that he would suggest that. That is a good show. But the most mediocre show uh, that I love is Psych. A show that uh, its only ambition is trying to be the best version of itself, which is a bar where it's like, you know, that C plus, we can hit that C plus every time. Maybe once in a while we'll get a B. Maybe, maybe. But we ain't getting no A's. I mean, like, you know, it's it's a show that is basically meant to be watched while you're like doing something else in the house or just like paying half attention on your phone. It is a show of modest ambitions of decent competence and yeah i like it i like it a lot why uh it's fun it's you know it's just like a good humored show with like good chemistry between the cast um you know it has dule hill i love dule hill who doesn't love everyone dule hill, hill. Yeah, see everyone loves dule hill um, it makes you know like lots of like in jokes about properties that i love too they did an entire twin peaks episode that was actually a lot of fun um they've done other ones they had carrie always on as like a super as a gentleman thief it was hilarious good role for him it was a good role for him his name was despero it's a good name for a gentleman thief yeah uh emma what was your choice yeah so um when we first talked about it my initial response is I refuse to say that the OC is mediocre because um, it's not. Which was funny because both me and Andy suggested it for you. No, I would no, never. Andy, I would never. Yeah, we have, Andy loves the OC. Right. I love I, season one of the OC. I which is why it's not mediocre. Yeah. I and, think and, and, I just, some part of it is just bad, actually. Some right. of the OC is bad. Season three the is eyes bad. are excellent. Right. Uh, you know, and just, to be fair, I, I did suggest it just to get Emma's goat. So, yes. but at the same time, I was saying it, which was funny. Um, but yeah, so while it, I can see it seeming like kind of a cop out to like pick a nostalgia thing, my answer is Boy Meets World because I mean this with all my heart. Um, because I, as much as I, you know, I loved it as a kid, um, it was something somehow my roommate wound up with a, and one of my college roommates wound up with a DVD of one of the later seasons. So we just like would watch that all the time. Um, and I've watched it as an adult, you know, before it was on Disney plus it was on Hulu. So I watched all of that. And then girl meets world. Cause I got to see where they ended up. Girl meets world. Not as good. But once I started leaning into the fan service better. <laughs> and, Can I actually comment on how mediocre boy meets world is, uh, from a perspective that you might not even realize. Sure. I mean, I'm going to get into the mediocrity, sure, but go, go ahead. On. No, 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 go on then. Okay. Um, but yeah, you know, so I rewatched it as a doll. Still had a great time. But you know what? Any of those, I'm pretty sure every single TGIF show fits in this mediocrity world. Um, and like that's part of sort of the difference between a girl meets world and a boy meets world. A girl meets world was a children's show on Disney Channel. Boy meets world was a family show. And mm. those don't really exist in the same way as they once did, but they do. And why, you know, it has the like mediocrity well it has like the craziest amount of um in like continuity problems you know you have characters disappear sean has a mystery brother that he has like he has a sister disappears then finally he does have this brother you know there have 
Um, you know, the sister disappears, come back as a different actor. Characters just are gone. And, you know, Mr. Feeney somehow continues to be their teacher forever. They skip a full year of school. <laughs> they go from sixth grade to them being like at a seventh at a high school that's somehow seventh through 12th grade. And they just don't do eighth grade. It just doesn't happen. <laughs> but great. yeah, but um, you, you have an extreme example of flanderization with Eric. But at the same time, it's funny. It has, it's surprisingly meta for like a show of its type and era. Um, I'm sure it was probably pretty influenced by like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air in that regard. Cause I know Fresh Prince was like that as well, but yeah, surprisingly meta. You care about those characters, even though, you know, 18 year olds shouldn't be getting married. <laughs> but you love them. Anyway, they actually don't get married at 18 though. They do wait a little bit later. Um, and Sean Hunter was, very important to young Emma. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, so, you like uh, to make fun, your yeah, no fun fact about boy meets world. So it takes place in Philly, uh, yes. which I'm sure, you know, and uh, the place where they always went uh, is a cheesesteak place that, it, that I know very well because it is on the same, it's right across the street from the cheesesteak place that I always went to. Now the cheesesteak place I always went to is considered by many to be one of like the very, very, very best in the city. The place across the street, very mediocre, which is very <laughs> fitting for Boy Meets World. So yeah. I would say not all the TGIF lineup is mediocre because probably some of it's just straight bad. Yeah, I was well, going to yeah, say that too. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yes, obviously. Um, I guess I should say that's the ceiling. You know, yes. for, the, for those shows. Yeah, there are definitely some. And I watched a lot of them. I remember the one that, um, the one I believe was called Teen Angel, that the premise was that a guy's best friend ate a like month, maybe years old sandwich under his bed and dies and becomes his guardian angel. Wait, what? Yes. This is a show that existed. I watched it. Omar, are you eating that sandwich again? <laughs> Exactly. It's very much that, except the teenage boy dies. They kill the child. Um, so I think all of us had the knee jerk, um, maybe just jerk jerk uh, reaction to say Survivor uh, when this was brought up. But uh, no, Survivor is not a mediocre show. Survivor is actually very excellent for what you know area it develops in i think yeah. you know why we think that is among the shows we watch it is one of the lower regarded ones you know we are very much yeah prestige. we only watch prestige television yeah um snobs. that but like i think it's the gold standard for reality competition and i think yes. it always has been i think it does many things excellently so no um if you if listeners have survivors, your answer you better be prepared to defend why it is a middle of the road show and i um I disagree. Um, so that was not where I'm aiming. And again, just to reiterate, it's not a show you know is bad, but you like anyway. That's a different thing altogether. Um, uh, for me, and I think probably why I came up with this topic is I was just, you know, came across my brain for some reason, this show. And I'm like, man, I really like that. But it's not, it's just meh. It's to the point, and then the show I'm going to mention, um, neither matter am I'd heard of. I'm not surprised. If anybody has heard of this show, please reach out. We can talk about it a bit because it is 
uh, just there. It was uh, they, uh, on a channel that most people just didn't even think of for having this kind of content at all. And the show was called My Boys. It was on TBS for four seasons from 2006 to 2010. Um, you know, and I think they were trying to get into uh, the the I mean, not quite prestige, but the TV game right around the same time. TBS, like, we know funny. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. To be yeah, fair, so when you when you shared the picture, then I remember I was like, no way, I do remember hearing about it. It looked vague. I certainly never watched it. Right. <laughs> it no, never watched it. That's for sure, damn sure. Um, yeah, I'm sure they probably advertised it during Cubs games or whatever. And like the main character is a sports writer in Chicago cover uh, beat writer for the Cubs, right. right? So yeah, that's some some thing. So yeah, the show starred Jordana Spiro, who as she's a uh, woman who is one of the guys. She hangs out with her four uh, guy friends, her boys, uh, by boys yeah. of the title, and her brother, who is played by Jim Gaffigan. The one oh. uh, thing about it that you know, almost uh, achieves the level of excellence that I'm sure they did not write his dialogue for him. They just had Jim come and he would be funny. Um, uh, Reed Scott from Veep is in it. This is oh, oh okay, okay, um, yeah. It is just a, a half hour like hangout sitcom, but like not smart in the way of like Seinfeld. Or even really at the level of friends, um, it's just they hang out and they have jokes and they you know, minor observations about life. And there's nothing, nothing other than possibly Jim Gaffigan at times, excellent or you know, great, any other level. But and I think where it started to get attention, thus I started watching it, like TV writers started writing about it, was during the writer strike mm-hmm. when there's just so little content that people just like discovered something like this and. I don't know why I can't like, I, I'm not even recommending it to people, although I have and other people have watched it and also ended up liking it is it just feels good. Like you just kind of yeah. want to hang out with these people. They're not particularly funny, but it, it, it's funny esque, but it's not bad jokes either. That's where like, it's not bad. It is just, it is the old, you know, sweater that you don't get rid of and you just feel comfortable wearing. And yeah, I'm like, frankly, like it is you know, just so thoroughly mediocre. And I might just dig out like the DVD somewhere and watch it again right now. Like, <laughs> the DVDs. Okay. Well, you know, but well, this is what like, we were talking about. stream anywhere. This, show is <laughs> <laughs> this is very true. But this is what we were kind of talking about, where like, like you know, pretty, pretty much like that entire USA, TBS, TNT lineups are like quintessential mediocre shows. Yeah. yeah. The problem is, for me, I don't think I've ever watched an original show on any of those channels, so I don't. But I know my my mom's answer for this, because my mom, despite her age, is is pretty, like, hip on the TV taste. We watch a lot of the same shows. She watches a lot of prestige stuff. Um, But hers would be Rizzoli and Isles, because she watches the shit out of that. That's that's a good example. You might like White Collar, because it has Matt Bomer, and he's a very handsome man. I have heard of that, yes. Yeah, He is. But you know what? Matt Bomer's also in Matt. Chuck. Well, yes, that's true. Um, Uh, And and I can see why you thought that was a segue, because we did discuss Chuck. But no, Magic Mike. Yeah, (laughs) I I just, uh, yeah, I realized that. And more importantly, Magic Mike XXL. (laughs) Mm, Okay. It is a debate we had that people can weigh in on uh, comments. Does Chuck qualify? It. It's right. Like some people might be like, oh, well, season two. Um, like I gotta say, like when I watched Chuck, it, again, it's kind of around the same time uh, frame. Yeah. yeah. 
it's basically right when prestige TV, you know, starts to take off more than just like, you know, HBO Sunday show. Um, So, you know, and and like TV criticism is like a weekly thing and they're finding stuff to write about. So when content starts to go away, that's when, yeah. um, Alan Seppenwall talks about My Boys or Burn Notice was another one to discover. Burn Notice is a good example. That's a really good example. Uh, And Chuck is right around there. So it's like, okay, well, there's not a lot to watch. And like, you know, I'm buying box sets or getting them because it's pre-streaming. And I'm like, where's the new Discovery? This is how I discovered like The Wire and all that. So it's like, okay, well, Chuck... And I watched the first season. And I'm like, this isn't good. It's, but it's not bad. Like, I don't hate it. But this is what, like, because Steppenwall was a huge champion of that show. Right. right? Chuck is great. And then season <laughs> two comes along. It's like, okay, yeah, 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 I'm into it. And then I got to say, like, I petered out on that show. So, like, for me, I think Chuck qualifies. But, you know, I, I can see the argument that it's almost just a little too good. Like, I, I mean, I mean that's, where I, that's the- where I land, at least. I, yeah. I, I think so. I should say, I think Psych is more mediocre than Chuck. And the question was the most mediocre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, this part of the fun part of this discussion is that not only do you have to pick a show and you can talk about it and all that, why you love it, but also the debate over what's mediocre because yes. um, Cobra Kai is mediocre and I love it. No, nope. yeah, that's the part You're of wrong. it. You're just wrong. It is so cheesy. It is so cliche. The acting for the most part, other than Billy Zabka, who's just great. Um, yeah, is Zabka's great. No, but no, no, the, no. Miguel is really good. Miguel's really uh, good. Um, I, no, Don I Macho is so much worse than I remember it acting. His daughter. But, but, no, but it's smart because it makes him into an asshole. That's why it's a good show because it doesn't like paint the hero in glory. It, it shows his flaws, and then it has like but, more things. acting shows his flaws. Like you could act really well and get that. No, occurred. I mean the writing shows his flaws, and frankly, the entire Miguel arc, and then also I'd say the Hawk arc. Where it takes a kid that starts off as horribly bullied and then turns and then turns him into yeah and then turns him into a bully is a really well written arc. You know that's not much of a spoiler because you don't know who the character is until it starts. Yeah, I mean I'm just kidding because I don't watch the show. I just want (laughs) to know because here's the thing: what I'm saying is, despite all that, despite the fact that I feel like it is just like you know, um, for one, a nostalgia laden. Like I don't know if this show can mean much to people if they don't have some emotional attachment to uh, at least the first movie. Uh, But also, like it is just teen cliche after teen cliche after teen cliche, like teen television show. Which is a part of its strength, uh, by the way. Like that would be the one way I'd recommend it to Emma. Is this is more teen trash? I um, do love some teen. That's actually, you know, what? it it depends because I never watched like One Tree Hill. That was sure. That, that that's probably bad though. Is the thing. Mm-hmm. It is definitely not like I love. I'm I've recommended Cobra Kai to many people. I will probably watch like half of the season the first week it comes out in January. Oh yeah. Um, I still don't think it's like a great show. Uh, the action, you know what. The action uh, tends to be pretty good, but like every episode, you know where it's going, especially because it's like, this is just the parallel to the thing that happened before. Anyway. Uh, I mean, you're wrong, but that's okay. But that's, again, this is part of the discussion. He is personally offended that a show I'm saying that I love and that everybody should watch is mediocre. (laughs) (laughs) And I will come for anyone who says the OC is mediocre and I'll kill your family. Again, like I would be more comfortable with people who said it's bad than than yeah. people who say it's mediocre. You know, like they they got to average it. 
but it like it's just it, it it reaches such crazy heights and like has such insane yeah. ambition for its first first what thirty episode season. Uh, the first season is twenty seven episodes. It's so long, so like, long. That could have been a series, and everyone it would be untouchable. Yeah, it's it would be I wonder, untouchable. I wonder if anybody's answer of the most mediocre show that they love is a drama. Like, I feel like a connective tissue, and maybe it's just because, you know, this is a three-person sample, is we, you know, we pick shows that, you know, we just find fun to be in and around, something that is, like, nice to have on when you're, you know, just to have on. I mean, Psych is a procedural, which... Yeah, but you talk about how it being fun. Okay, here's a mediocre show that I actually really did love, uh, Bones. You were a Bones watcher? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, I, I did not see that one. To be fair, I did not get all the way through that because that show lasted really long time. Oh, but that was a show that I had that, that was like, this show is not good. It isn't terrible. It is very mediocre, and I loved it. Yeah, I mean, it's an hour long. It's a procedural. It deals with a lot of murder yeah. and stuff, but it's a comedic undertone to the whole thing, and part of what makes that. Show I guess, enjoyable. yeah. For, for what I know of it, I've never watched it either. But, but like Bones the winking nods of David Boreanaz. Whereas, like, I don't know if anybody's like picking like Navy Six or whatever the thing that like yeah, Seal they, Team they watch Six silently Seal as they comment on the Purple Rock Wait. podcast after Survivor. <laughs> like, I think it's just Seal Team. Yeah, SWAT? Or is it SWAT? No, it's SEAL Team. You're right. It's just but SEAL SWAT's team. also a show, right? Yes. But you know, yeah. maybe, maybe somebody's answer is like a law and order, like not like mm, mothership yeah, or something sure. like that. Right. SVU, I feel like is, is but, something. But, but I feel like know. those shows have hit highs. Like those shows, like right. usually if you cite those shows, it's because of like certain seasons that, you know, like there have been law and order seasons that are really, really good. Yeah, or yeah, you know, SVU only... is just bad and uh, unhealthy for the world. Uh, yeah, so or even like, like a Grey's Anatomy, which I never watched, but my understanding is, you know, at one point was really excellent. Um, yeah, right. it was certainly and now ambitious. it's been 15 seasons, and like you just a scripted show just can't last that long and be good. I don't think right. It's I, I mean, look at The Simpsons, a show we yeah. all love, and uh, you can't last that long and still be good. You can't. Yeah, it's just but... not a thing. Also, a show like yeah, it's probably mediocre now. I don't know. I don't watch right. it anymore. Right. But it's That's also true. the show that like you could legitimately call the greatest show of all time. So yeah, yeah. It, um, I told you guys this, but you know, I had a conversation with my brother recently because his son is finally starting to watch The Simpsons. His daughter did a little earlier, and um, he was saying, you know, that it's he's seen fewer episodes than he has seen. You know, there or there are more episodes he hasn't seen than ones he has seen. But the ones he has seen he's seen probably like 20 times and it's his favorite show of all time. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, like if somebody says, I think the great, the greatest television show in the history of the medium is Simpsons. I'd be like, yeah, okay. I can yeah. see it. Cause you're judging by the highs anyway. Uh, so yeah, in comments, what you, you the most mediocre show you love or debate us on some of the shows would be like, that is not mediocre. How dare you? And especially anybody out there, you want to talk by boys. Let's talk. <laughs> I legit don't know what we would talk about because shit, like nothing happens of import, but just like, hey, I watched that too. That's enough. Well, we'll form a club. If, I, right. can, if I can have my closing note on my show, I, w- I will say um, the episode and then there was Sean is not mediocre. That episode is excellent. Right. And if Man, I could say one like thing, if any, if any one of you come at me with Cobra Kai's mediocre, <laughs> you're permanently banned from the site. Uh, we have but, the power. Okay. Uh, 
where would they be able to comment on this, Emma? Uh, yes, you can comment on www.purplerockpodcast.com. You can follow the site on Twitter at Purple Rock Pod, or you're probably better off following us at me at Purple Rock Emma, Andy at Purple Rock Andy. Matt, you probably don't need to follow. He doesn't tweet that often, but he's at Purple Rock Matt. And there's some other people, but we don't care about them. Exciting if you news! Tweet at me about Cobra Kai. I will respond. That's true. Actually, <laughs> uh, exciting ways I've you can follow the show. Often. Of course, you could always follow on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Google Play. We are now on Spotify because apparently it's actually not hard anymore. You know, I tried when they were first doing podcasts, and I got nowhere, and I gave up because that is the Purple Rock Podcast. Uh, if being podcast. on Spotify somehow leads to someone I know discovering the podcast, I'm going to be furious. <laughs> uh, what are the odds, really? It like, I know, just, it's not as though Apple is a small medium, and yeah, we. Like, that sounds like Emily, but her name's Emily, not Emma. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you, you have the perfect cover. How would they ever crack your? You know how they're going to do skills. it? They'd be like, yeah, there was no way uh, that my friend Emily would like Survivor, but now that I know that there's someone who likes Boy Meets World, I know. <laughs> They're like, I like never mentioned Survivor before, so it can't be her. But I knew she ran that Boy Meets World fan site. But TV then. is her favorite hobby. Yeah. It's true, though, and my friends would say that, <laughs> because that's how true it is. But anyway, now, yeah. How many people come to me for recommendations? Yeah, somebody commented, it's like, I can't find you guys on Spotify. I'm like, oh, yeah, we gave up on that. And then I just had a quick thought, wait. Maybe I should try again and literally like 30 seconds worth of effort. That's how long it got to get us on Spotify. So we're and that there is now. the maximum amount of effort we're willing to give. I'll go a yep. minute and a half. All right. Uh, so that's all for this week. Uh, next week is the finale. So you've got hey. two hours and possibly a reunion if you're down for that sort of thing. So get to watching and then we're done talking about this. But we're not done talking about this episode because we're about to get into spoilers. Spoiler time. It's spoiler time. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler The time. also useful spoiler section where we you know, you know, divide pieces of conversation instead of letting it flow naturally for maybe no one. How um, many of our listeners clearly stopped listening? <laughs> uh, case in point, you guys were already going down this uh, uh, way of talking and I couldn't say anything because I wanted to talk about how it ends up is that I have a theory about how um, Lil's and I, and I see that way I wrote it down. It made it seem like Lil Debbie instead of Lil. <laughs> 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 like, Who's Lil Debbie? Uh, <laughs> Little oh, Debbie saved the season. <laughs> Debbie, what was I thinking? Anyway, her Debbie Downerism saved this season and possibly the franchise of the Survivor. And the reason, maybe you guys can already get there because we're starting to talk about it, is Burton did not pick her on a reward that he should have, that he knows he should have. 100% because she was a buzzkill, simply because he didn't want to fucking ruin his good evening. And as a result, he gets voted out, which is both a thrilling moment for this season, but also the whole outcast thing was incredibly controversial. Fans were very displeased by this, you know, way of you know perverting what they thought Survivor was going to be. If he doesn't get voted out here, he might have won. And thus, this you know, season would have been won by somebody who was voted out, who everybody uh, or not everybody, but the ma- great majority opinion of the viewing audience would have been a huge, you know, like wrong step. Right as a time when, you know, 
it's it's not teetering because this season obviously did a big booster of the, the show because of Rupert, but like it's no longer the hot thing anymore. So many other flash in the pan reality shows of this time came and went. You know, ask where Joe Millionaire is at, at this point. Uh, so, frankly, I'm like Millionaire, I can tell you that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That that if Lil hadn't just been so sucky, just so hard, like just such a tough hang, it's possible Survivor doesn't survive. Like survive, that, you know, people just like rebel against it. They don't even come back for an All Star season because it's just like it jumped the shark. Of oh, somebody won after getting voted out. How could that ever happen? Um, so anyway, that was just my take. Is like maybe um, which we talk about every week. If Lil sucks, ended up saving Survivor. Or is that a stretch? I think that it certainly saved the season. I think it's a stretch to say it saved the show. Yeah, I think doing the all, you know, assuming they were going to do All-Stars anyway might have been enough to pull it back. Now, the problem is, you know, All-Stars wasn't super beloved. So is is that one-two punch enough? But I do think it's notable that, like, obviously Burton was in the game longer. But if you think of it, you know, the fan reaction to Chris Underwood winning but without the decades of attachment that so many of us have to this show you know where it's really only been around a few years i I think at a point when people are evaluating whether they are like survivor fans or it was the thing they were watching because everybody was watching it right you know you'd see it with american idol or something like the 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 audience market share was dying down yeah again maybe all stars would have been enough now as you say, it's not a you know super well received thing. I don't know if that is that was the majority opinion among like just casual fans. I th- certainly think they probably recoiled at like you know a few of their favorites not doing well. But I also think they probably enjoyed the like yeah. Robin Amber love story That's enough. I mean, Robin Amber did very well. Like, well, it was enough to power the Amazing Race through their highest rated season in a long time. Yeah. Enough for it them. Got, to- it got you and I watching the Amazing Race. <laughs> Yeah, enough to get them a televised wedding, right? So, like, <laughs> so bad. Like, I, you, I think while the fandom has uh, decided that All Stars was something they really did not like, I don't know if, that, like, again, I, I'd have, we'd have to see Vanuatu's numbers. But right, frankly, right. like, a, a reason why they were in there, like, a reason why they were able to sell out Madison Square Garden for the finale of All Stars is in part because Pearl Islands had left them already, like, right. there. Whereas this is like, you know, Pearl Islands. Where you know somebody got voted out wins two season prior is Thailand like yeah it, it is obviously a stretch to say say so, save the so, so can I propose a hypothetical that might yeah. be a bit more uh, that I think might be a bit more on solid footing we saw the re- the fan reaction after Chris Underwood won and we saw the producer reaction to that fan reaction which was to basically be like okay we might actually now get rid of this whole playback mechanic except when it's like really needed for winners to get all the best winners on okay would they have ever done redemption island if burton won or would the or would a backlash to burton have uh kept uh for us from like the more recent examples of this mechanic um well i think if we think about how long of a layoff they had between outcast and redemption island anyway and Redemption Island coming in that Rob Russell season, I don't think it changes because I think they're right. there. You know, the purpose was to try to save Rob and Russell. Um, also, I guess the I question just, is, do they keep using it then? 
Well, yeah, right. I, mean, so I think that they already had the blowback, even without Burton winning. Um, yeah. So, and then they just never had somebody come back and win until Chris Underwood did. And I'd say, you know, I don't think the producers learned their lesson until not only they bring it back in a season that, you know, you're positing that it makes more sense. I think is that they didn't know that everybody hated it so much until everybody kept saying that they hated it, even with um, Winners at War. Yeah, and not just fans, but when you had even the winners on the show being like, we don't want this. Yeah. yeah. Um, Some of them I would definitely also... did, though, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I think, <laughs> legit, it's very possible that one guy did, and mm-hmm. that's why yeah. it happens. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm sorry, but sometimes the team bus stays to pick up LeBron. That's just how it goes. Also, I mean, I think, I think what was reported is, like, in the sort of unaired thing, it's like, Amber wanted it, which makes sense. Um, and it was like Sarah and maybe Nick, which is interesting. I remember there being like a couple of people who were for it. Um, but, you know, that's also with conjecture because we didn't actually like see that footage. Mm-hmm. I also would like to acknowledge that Chris Underwood's Kickstarter is so bad that we've mentioned him several times and I haven't made a single pervy comment. Yeah. Very proud of you. Tragic. I, I don't actually know if that's what it is. So it's so sad. Yeah, which uh, sur- like uh, survivor male grossness was worse that we watched this week? Fair uh, <laughs> play and Burton on their reward, or um, you know Chris Underwood's you know sexually themed, often racist uh, Kickstarter. I think I think the racism yeah, brings them down. Top, you know, sexism is equal. Um, you know, love all Never the sex acts that are basically just abuse on women, but then the racism really. Yeah, changes. you know, a nice sousson of racism on top. There. Yeah, because you know, say what you will about about um, Johnny Fairplay and Burton, <laughs> but at least in what we saw, nothing they did was explicitly racist. I, you know, I'm heavy sure on the that explicit. Some of it. <laughs> yeah. Heavy on explicit. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, yeah, I just it was a thing that, you know, as I'm watching, it was like, wait a second. Uh, the fact that Lil sucks so bad actually works out in the favor of this show. Because if she is just a little less tough to deal with, she goes on the reward. They vote out Sandra. But, well, let's talk about that. This, this saves Sandra, right? Considering Dara wins immunity, yeah, I think so. Well, no, but would they still have – would they? Would John and Burton have targeted Sandra – uh, or would they still have wanted to get out Lil because that might have still posed problems? Yeah, if there's if they brought Lil, the to beat, then maybe the plan to then get you know Sandra to just flip to save herself actually works because you know it's not Lil Sandra does not have a counter maneuver because Lil was right. not there to make it. Right. Yeah, I'm just not sure if they have the same level of motivation to get rid of Lil, but um. I mean, it's possible, you know, I mean, they all apparently think they can't beat her. So I guess that could be their motivation. But also, they have to, they're wrong, but they have to think, especially if Burton is in it, that in that final three challenge, they're not going to have to worry about her. Well, here's the thing. Why didn't they go after Sandra anyway, right? Like, Yeah, I I don't know. I honestly don't know why they targeted Lil there. Yeah. Well, so like what changes, I guess, the good times that they had with Lil at the reward? <laughs> Maybe that's it. And she just sucks a little bit less? Probably not. In fact, if they pick Lil for the reward, uh, her then, might then they like, might go back and be like, we got to get rid of Lil. <laughs> I plan on winning another reward. She has to go. We should have voted her out instead of Chris. 
Uh, one one thing actually, um, shoot, I had this. Um, is let's see if I can talk through it. <laughs> There's so you have podcast. Sandra, I know, I know, I I totally had a thought and I lost it. So, oh yes, no, okay. So, um, Burton in his in his voting confessional, you know, or after he gets voted out, is like, oh, Lil, I hope you can live with oh, yourself yes. betraying the alliance which he has obviously also betrayed, which, but to me indicates that at least, you know, maybe he's putting it on, but at least some of his motivation is this sense of like, oh, I don't think Lil is with us anymore, or at least she's waffling. So we, you know, we can't be sure about her. And if he takes her on the reward, he probably does not have those feelings anymore. It's possible. I think that he's always going to have that. I mean, it's amazing how immediate that level of hypocrisy is. Is How dare morally this person do to me what I was in that exact moment doing to them? It is a Survivor classic. It never goes out of style. How dare you do this thing that I was doing to you? You know, I, I don't believe this is even the first instance of it. Um, and it, it will live on until the days of like Sidney Gillum and stuff. But it was just, it was the perfect, you know, like just mwah, finish to uh, what a dirtbag Burton was all episode that, you know, mm-hmm. in that exact moment. And frankly, it harkens on to what will happen to Lil at the end of the season. Even after she wins the challenges, man, Lil the challenge beast is ready to go. Oh. Wins one challenge. Well, she just wins the final one. She doesn't win yeah. four. No, so yeah, I, 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 Yes, I, I don't think anyone wins four. I think yeah, it's one of those four challenges is like they all the lose. the jury wins. It's very yeah. dumb. We'll have, yeah, it's we'll one of those dumb ones. Okay, there we go. Yeah. I was just assuming it because I'm like, well, I know Sandra and Johnny don't win. Right, <laughs> and obviously it's not Dara. Yeah, yeah. right. Weird. Um, also, because um, no, because I think if the jury wasn't the option, I think like Dara probably would have just won her way into the end and maybe won. I think so. <laughs> Um, yeah, which actually brings me to my my other thing. I think one reason I totally agree that you know what, if you're boring, you don't get a lot of attention. I think that's totally valid because these people are ultimately on our screens to entertain us. Um, however, I do think you know, in terms of like Dara and Invisibret, especially, there would be value in showing more to them because it would make them seem like viable options to win when they're winning yeah. like all these challenges. Although I will say, but let's keep in mind, he's very new. <laughs> when this episode ended, I was like, oh, hey, who do, so, you know, we have the finale next. Like, what do you, who do you think like fourth, third, second, first, you know, what do you think is going to happen? Um, and he's like, well, I mean, as you've challenged it, it really seems like it's Dara's to lose. <laughs> it's like you predicting Sandra this whole time. <laughs> yeah. Except for that brief few weeks when I was Andrew, but when I was Savage, but I was like, <laughs> predicting Sandra this whole time. And Dara wins three challenges. <laughs> yeah, but to the point, I guess, where he's at is the deck is cleared now. Like, why would you yeah, assume? Who's, who's going to stop her? <laughs> right. Yeah, there's no burden. Like, because I did, you know, I tried to be like, well, you know, it's like, well, she's one challenge. I was like, yeah, but they've been, you know, they've been very different kind of things. You know, it was a word search. <laughs> it's shooting and then having small hand. And I was like, but, you know, her competition is also not the strongest <laughs> when it comes to challenges. To say the least. Possibly yeah. three of the very worst, you know? Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
Oh man, it's gonna be fun to watch Lil win that. Yeah, I say the counter to the dare thing is I don't know if back then we were thinking that this person hasn't received enough visibility. Right. Sure. Yeah, that's, no, I agree that's with that. I'm sure true. I mean, I'm sure I definitely wasn't at the time. I do think with Brett, it would have oh, been a valuable thing. Um, that was a. Yeah, I mean, at that point, who could win but the one person getting screen time on that? Season? Right. Like they could. They already had leaned into that so hard. But I, you know. Well, except that, of course, that person did not win. Exactly. Um, yeah, which is like the. Uh, but um, also, Brett was just. I just thought he was the cutest little thing <laughs> watching that. Um. Another notable thing that happened this is like this here underlined what Sandra's anybody what me truly is and how it works to her advantage is not that she's going to flip on allies left and right and has no loyalty. It's that everybody believes that they can get Sandra to work for her. And what's even better is she knows it. She knows that that's the vibe that she puts out there. And frankly, this is where maybe working with uh, fair play in that instance to save um, Burton actually works out well for Sandra in a way, obviously, did not for Krista. Um, is that, yeah, everybody assumes that there's no value in voting out Sandra because A, she's legendarily poor at challenges. This is already a thing. In her this is season. her at her, pre- she's 29 years old. Well, this is her physical peak. <laughs> Yeah, and still, um, so like, yeah, in terms of somebody who could then, you know, throw a monkey wrench into my plans of winning, she's not that. And She'll vote with us if if it makes sense for her to do so. And yeah, I don't know if I have yeah. I don't have anything more to say. It's just I felt like it was worth pointing out. This episode really you know underlined both in what she says and what Fairplay says is what the true strength of her game is. Is there anything? Oh, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was very interesting, kind of telling that it's really almost Burton who's the one who like verbalizes that this is her strategy because it shows how much value there is in her being perceived this way. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the counter value also is like, uh, yeah, it works that, that keeps her around, but it's also why everybody underestimates why she could win because they view it as like, you know, she's not doing anything. She's just hanging around and she'll, if we give her a, throw her a bone, she'll take it. Uh, not realizing that actually juries do end up respecting that in part because they don't feel, you know, angered by it yeah she is able to you know do things to save herself vote people out without ever taking the heat for it um and i think that's really valuable in especially the eras in which she plays with it i'm not sure it would be as valuable in later eras um right and it's you know it's hard to tell because when she's played in later eras she's been queen sandra was to win so she's not really getting that opportunity the way she still managed to in heroes versus villains yeah she had to play different types of games to try and succeed yeah it's actually insane that she's probably that she won twice playing the same almost the same game uh and again is that most people do play the same game uh more than once uh because their game is this is the kind of person i am um it's just amazing <laughs> that it actually worked for her. And I think it's because, um, you know... You it, can argue it worked for the other two-time winner, too. <laughs> That's true. He played a little differently, though. But, you know, I mean, look what happens when a winner plays very different than That's their winning true. game. Right? JT. Yeah. No, I, like, people like to throw that. It's like, oh, they play the same game every time as, like, a criticism. It's like, I want you to point out to me the you know, incredibly versatile, you know, switching it up. This is my jazz album. This is my rock album. This doesn't happen. Uh, their games are, I am this kind of person. And this is the effect yep. I have on people. And, you know, Sandra was lucky enough that her initial win was not respected. 
respected enough that she could be a winner to come back and not be a threat. And, and a long way off, too. Yeah. Yeah, it was far enough away that, yeah, it wasn't fresh in people's minds. Yeah, honestly, if All-Stars had been season 10 instead of 9, she might come back for it, and that enough might have been a reason. Or 8. All-Stars was 8. Yeah. Okay. If you like, she didn't want to go back to back. If she had come back and just been in that season, that might have been enough to raise her profile. But then, not being in that season, heroes versus villains is the next time she could ever be on because Micronesia, they you know consciously didn't know when. And you know, so many of the cast were three-time players, and the ones who were two-time players, you know, primarily just played. You know, I think yeah, you know, people who played probably. Danielle had the like second longest layout, you know, not counting the All Stars people, but of like two time players with playing like thirteen. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, because or Stephanie 12, was a three time player. You're right. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. Nope. Uh, Tom. Ah, yeah. There you go. There you go. Which, speaking of you making of All Stars, I always think Palau is season nine. It's not, but no, nope, because everyone forgets Vanuatu. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. There you go. Anyway. um and the other reason is I think Russell had no idea who she was and that helped. There's also that. Yes. Um, okay. Uh, anything else for this week? Spoiler or not? Nah, I think we covered a lot and we have a whole bunch to talk about next week, I guess. Home stretch, baby. Almost done. Hit the theme music. Oh,